الرحمن الرحيم صلى الله على النبي الأمي برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين الحمد لله ود الله سفضل بلان نبوتنا للصحابي سبحان الله every صحابي we go into we just marvel and become amazed at their glorious amazing lives and we even marvel more at their teacher the greatest of Allah's creation the sahabi we learn about was that sahabi subhanallah who came from yamama and he was known as al-yamami al-hanafi al-hanafi means he hails from the banu hanifa tribe the hanafi madhab came there after imam abu hanifa rahimahullah was a tabi'i a student of sahaba but yeah hanafi means one who hails from the banu hanifa tribe al-yamami when he hails from yamama he is none other than talq ibn aliyin radiyallahu an so talq bin ali bin bundir radiyallahu an he comes from a Christian background. He was strongly connected to his church. He frequented the church. He was actually one of those who were responsible and in charge of the church. And as he studied his books, he would always read of the descriptions of Janabi Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam as written and recorded in the Torah and in the Injil. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this about the previous books mentioning Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Suratul A'raf, verse number 157, for example. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Al-lazina yattabi'oona al-rasoola al-nabiyya al-ummiyya al-lazhi yajidoonahu maktooba. Yajidoonahu maktooban indahum fi al-tawrati wal-injil. Ya'muruhum bil-ma'roofi wa yinhahum anil munkari wa yuhillu lahum al-tayyibat. Wa yuhillu lahum al-tayyibat wa yuharrimu alayhim al-khaba'itha wa yadaru anhum israhum wal-aglala al-lati kanat alayhim. Fal-ladhina amanu bihi wa'azzaruhu wa nasaruhu wa attabaru al-nur al-lazhi unzila ma'ahu ula'aika hum al-muflihun. Those that emulate that Nabi of Allah, al-Nabiy al-Ummi al-Rasul, al-Nabiy al-Ummi, Allah refers to Nabi as Rasul, as Nabi, al-Ummi, the unlettered. And out of respect, our ulama say, Allah is his teacher. But this is a miracle of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who didn't read and write. The Bible refers to his Ummah as the Gentile. And clearly it's mentioned in the Bible that he will come to guide all the people and the Gentile. And in so many verses it's mentioned. So here in the Quran it's mentioned that they find him mentioned and enshrined and recorded. يَجِدُونَهُ مَكْتُوبًا by them in the Torah and the Injil that he would advocate good and prohibit them from evil. Make halal, beautiful, pure things and prohibit that which is filth and sin and so forth and so forth and he would remove the burdens and the shackles that were upon them due to the stubbornness of them of the Israelites and so forth and those that bring Iman upon him and support him and help him and follow the nur that is sent with him those such people this ulaika is for emphasis here and is indicating to their greatness ulaika 
and it is a practice of the forces of Ba'atil who did this to the Ummah, trying to cripple the Ummah from within, to create such people internally, to actually destroy Islam from within by attacking the personalities of the Sahaba Kiram And Allah Ta'ala says, وَعَادَ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ مِنْهُمْ مَغْفِرَةً وَأَجْرًا عَظِيمًا Allah has promised the people of Iman and A'mal, and this is in the context of Sahaba, Allah has given them maghfira, forgiveness, and a great reward. So here in this chapter, Allah speaks of the qualities of Sahaba radiallahu Ma'ahu, they were with Rasulullah sallallahu They knew where to be strict. They knew where to be soft. You would see them in rukur and in sajda, seeking Allah's pleasure, seeking Allah's favors. You would see the signs of deen, dari, and sajda, and the nur of sajda between their foreheads, and so forth. This is their qualities. They are equated to a beautiful plantation. Subhanallah and harvest and this is what the Sahaba were they were this harvest of Allah who took deen to the four corners of the world Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said Abu Inaba Khawlani's hadith Inna Allah yaghlisu fi hadha deen gharsan Allah has a plantation in this deen and Allah will use them for Allah's obedience, meaning Allah will bring humanity into obedience through them, the Sahaba Kiram first, and all those that emulate the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. But Allah in the Quran Kareem also mentions those of the Ahlul Kitab who have faith. From before they received the book, they have Iman. When the Quran is recited to them, what do they say? Hey, we believe in the Quran. It's the truth from our Lord. From before, we are submitted. We know of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi We believe. Those people who believed in the previous book sincerely, and when they hear of the message of Islam and the Quran, they bring Iman firmly. Allah rewards them double due to their patience. SubhanAllah. And look at it today. There's so many coming into Islam. Just recently there was a brother who was interviewed by Brother Muhammad Ali. And this, was, uh, this person was a Zionist. And he explained to him what is Islam. And this Zionist individual at that time was a Zionist. He says how he's now suffering hemorrhage and pain and depression. All he does every day is just take pills. And he's showing the pills that he took. And he was emotional. And he says this is all due to what we did to the Palestinian children and the people and the women. He said, it can't come out of my mind and my heart how we would enter at night and how we used to torture them and ill-treat them and petrify them with the bulldogs and and how his comrades and, and people used to just shoot innocent, harmless, unharmed Palestinians. He said, I can't live with it. And subhanAllah, in this discussion, he embraced Islam. So there are those, alhamdulillah, there are many, many coming to the truth. You and I have to play our part. Look at this Sahabi, Hazrat Talq. He studied the mention of Nabi Wasallam in their books and it inspired him and when he heard about Allah's Nabi وسلم, he came to Medina Manumara from Yamama as I mentioned something else that happened to him when he came to Medina Manumara because he was a Christian there was another Sahabi who was formerly Jewish and he studied Rasulullah's descriptions in their books Subhanallah. He is none other than Zayd bin Sa'na radiallahu He, studying Rasulullah's descriptions, he was inspired and he was affected and he was so touched. But 
he wanted to experience certain descriptions that are there but have to be experienced. And what is that? About Allah's Nabi's forbearance. His forbearance overpowers the, the ignorance portrayed by others. And the more you try and treat him with ignorance, the more he pours and flows in forbearance. This quality of forbearance, subhanallah. So Zaid was his name. He was a rabbi. Nabi was in need to make ikram of new Muslims in a certain area. And he didn't have funds at that time. And Zaid offered Allah's Nabi alone. And he said that it should be paid and so forth. And the agreement was made before the time elapses. Few days, some time prior, he comes to Nabi to receive his due. And he starts insulting and reprimanding and disgracing Janabi Rasulullah publicly. Sahaba were very upset at what was happening. And Sahaba wanted to pounce on him, especially in this report. Hazrat Umar is mentioned by name. His eyes were revolving and he was in a rage and he was about to pounce on Zaid and Allah's Nabi said, O oh, Umar, you shouldn't do that. You should say to me to be more prompt in payment. Allah's Nabi didn't even say that the time hasn't elapsed or anything like that. He says, you should have told me, Umar, that you should pay earlier. And Umar, you should tell him if you want, just be polite in his asking for his due but you should tell me to be prompt in payment now Umar take him his dues are ready his dues are awaiting him take him to this certain farm and pay him in full and Umar give him extra because of the way you reacted and as I said Umar is paying him and when he receives the extra, he says, why? He says, Allah's Nabi Wasallam said that this should be given to you because of how I reacted. But he says, Omar, don't you remember me? Don't you know me? He says, no, I don't know you. I haven't seen your face before. He says, Zaid bin Sa'ana. So Hazrat Omar recognized the name. He says, but how do you ill-treat and disrespect and disregard such a great man in the manner you did? He said, Omar, this was my study. O oh, Umar, bear witness that what I have is in Allah's way. Alhamdulillah, <laughs> the Sahabi embraced Islam. Hazrat Zaid bin Sa'na, radiallahu anhu. Very similar to that is Hazrat Hussain bin Salam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam changes his name to Abdullah bin Salam. He was a senior rabbi. He was a senior rabbi. Subhanallah. And his incident is so interesting also. Alhamdulillah. Where he came and he just looked at Rasulullah Sallallahu Mubarak face. And he heard Rasulullah Sallallahu hadith. The first words he heard as Allah's beloved Sallallahu entered Medina Munawwara. Wa O humanity, ayyuhal nas. Afshu salam. Spread salam amongst you. Wa at'imu ta'am. Feed people food. Wa salul arham. And join family ties. Wa sallu bilayl. Wa nas niyam. And pray at night. Whilst others are asleep, you would enter paradise with ease and comfort, with salam. Subhanallah. And who narrates this? Hazrat Ibn Salam. And he heard these words and he joined Rasulullah's company. He was inspired. He was touched. He embraced Islam. The beloved of Allah changed his name to Hazrat Abdullah bin Salam.
It was Hussein with a sword. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made him now Abdullah. And he mentioned to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam about his community and so forth. And he asked Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam not to mention to the others that he had become Muslim already until Allah's beloved invites the senior Jewish community. And in that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam wanted to invite them to Islam because Sahaba were inviting the Jewish community to Islam. Like Hazrat Abu Bakr, Hazrat Mu'adh bin Jabal, Hazrat Rifa'a, they would go into the Jewish areas, meeting them, inviting them to Islam. Hazrat Mu'adh and Rifa'a would actually say to the Jews that y'all warned, y'all would tell us about Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Now that he has come, what has happened to you? And they would then retaliate and react and say, no, never, it's not him, or he hasn't come with the signs. And they would bring forth their lies. So when Janabi Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi invited them and invited them to Islam, they weren't happy, especially about the fact that he was not from the Banu Israel. He was not from Hazrat Ishaq alayhi salam's offspring. So it was a racial issue. And sadly today, many Christians are following and supporting Israel despite their atrocities and injustices and despite them being totally wrong and despite them hating Isa salam. And this is what we should say to the Jews that we live around and ask them through a message, through a verbal discussion, ask him that how is it, do you know how the Christians are treated in Palestine? Ask them these questions. We should know this. Do you know how uh, the, the, the Jews treat, treat the Christian community? Do you know they believe that Hazrat Isa alayhi salam, Jesus Christ, is illegitimate? Do you know how much we love Hazrat Isa and his mother? Hazrat Isa alayhi salam is mentioned in the Quran by his name, Isa, which is translated in English as Jesus, 25 times. Do you know his mother, Hazrat Maryam, is mentioned 34 times? Do you know Janabi Rasulullah sallallahu said she's one of the best women of this world? Where he mentioned Hazrat Khadija, Hazrat Aisha, Hazrat Fatima, Hazrat uh, Maryam. Nabi sallallahu also mentioned Hazrat Asiya. Do you know one of the best women, Khayru Nisa il Alameen? In one report, Nabi sallallahu mentions Hazrat Maryam first. Do you know she's one of the best women in the entire universe? By the words of Muhammad Rasulullah we have to say this to them we should even ask them do you know how many times more than 50 times because they want to attribute things of people of extreme extremism and so forth like ISIS and all of that to Islam and extremism and radicalism is nothing to do with Allah's deen but that is actually prepared by the West to make Islam look bad but they want to do this so we should Ask them, do you know more than 50 times there's a discussion in the Bible called Khiram? They misunderstand jihad. They don't understand the, the, the vast meaning of jihad. So they have something that is going into a community and a society and destroying and decimating and desecrating everything therein. That's a teaching in their books. And obviously, that is a sign of how their books were changed by the Satanists. Because that is not the way of Anbiya alayhi salatu was salam. Our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam showed and portrayed the teachings of Anbiya alayhi salam. That protect and do not harm any woman or any child. And fight those who are fighting you. Fight the combatants. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam showed the etiquettes. And Sahaba kiram 
showed the etiquettes of even battle in the hadith. So they want to speak against Islam. So say to the Christian pastor or priest or colleague that what does khiram mean? And he won't know. Tell him, check it up in your book. And then he'll come with the answer, oh no, but that's the Old Testament. But then tell them, but this is what prompted the crusaders to do what they did with their, massac with their massacres and brutal murders and the KKK. And this is what uh, justification Netanyahu is using to do to innocent people. The same verses of the Bible. And you say, Jesus is God. And he revealed the book. So it's your God who said that this should be done. Just to escape from it, you're saying, oh, it's another story in the New Testament. So like that, you can explain this to them. Allahu Akbar Hazrat Talq arrives in Medina Manawara. It was the early Medinan stage. And Nabi Sallallahu and Sahaba were busy in the construction of Masjid al-Nabawi and he also participated and all the Sahaba were participating because Janabi Rasulullah himself was involved what an amazing quality imagine you as the trustee of the Masjid but you also involved with the builder you pass a few bricks you assist where you can what a quality of humility subhanallah what an inspiration it is where you're just putting those bricks for Allah's sake so not only are you supporting monetarily but you also physically supporting in the upliftment of the masjid. And imagine participating in cleaning the masjid. So subhanAllah, Hazrat Talq, who was formerly a Christian from Yamama, he comes, he says, when I came to Medina Manumura, the construction of Masjid Nabawi was taking place. Ilan Nabi al-Masjid. And he says that when I was busy mixing the cement and the soil and the clay, it amazed him the way I used the shovel and the way I mixed the clay. And then he said, leave the Hanafi to work with the clay and the cement because he does it much better. So Nabi saw this potential in him. So subhanallah, see the potential in each other and uplift each other and inspire each other. Alhamdulillah. He says, I, in another, another report, that's in Musnadul Imam Ahmad, this next report also is the same, very similar. I was busy in the construction of Masjid al-Nabawi, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in Medina Manumura. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was saying, put the Yamami forward, put the Yamami forward. And let him work with the teen, with the clay, because he mixes it well, and he has the strength, mashallah. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam encouraged him, and subhanallah. What reward for him in the construction of Masjid al-Nabawi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that every person who prays there, he gets the reward. And all the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. And he would have also experienced Nabi sallallahu du'as. Allahumma, Allahumma ghfir, Allahumma la aisha illa aishu al-akhirah. Farham al-ansara wal-muhajira. Ya Allah, there's no life but the afterlife. Have mercy on the muhajireen and the ansar. Shower them with your mercies. And subhanallah, Hazrat Talq would have experienced all of that. But whilst the construction of Masjid al-Nabawi, he was stung and he was hurt badly by a scorpion. This is also in Musnad al-Imam Ahmad. كنت الطين بالمدينة فلدغتني عقرب. I was busy in the construction of Masjid al-Nabawi and the scorpion stung me. Allah's beloved وسلم, came by me, read for me. Touched my hand, touched me. Where it was 
I was injured and I was instantaneously cured. And I was cured. Subhanallah. What's so amazing is now he came from a Christian background. He knows about Hazrat Isa salam curing those that are ill and so forth and so forth. Now he comes to the final Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi and he's in his in his initial stages he's badly injured and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam makes dua for him and instantaneously he's cured. Allah is showing him who is Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and Allah is making it easy for him to see Subhanallah, look at Hazrat Salman Farisi who came to see those signs. So, Subhanallah, he brings dates in the form of zakat, what happens? He brings dates in the form of a gift, what happens? And then he's standing behind Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he wants to see on the shoulder blade, behind the heart of Janabi Rasulullah Sallallahu on the back, the, the sign at the seal of prophethood. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi removes his kurta for him to see. And he runs and he falls down in front of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam because that was the habit of the ajam. Allah's beloved Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam picks him up and Hazrat Salman who was formerly Madah bin Budikhshan Nabi Sallallahu uplifts him and Subhanallah and loves him and hears his story and Nabi Sallallahu names him Salman and Subhanallah everyone hears the story of Salman but still he's a slave Nabi Sallallahu from the Masjid Nabawi encouraged Sahaba to support him because he's now to ask his master who was Jewish to ask him, to allow him to become a mukatab, a slave who can pay his way to his freedom. Because obviously Hazrat Salman was also taken as a slave unjustly. But Nabi Sallallahu wants to help him work his way to freedom. His master refutes it and makes it hard for him and wants him to plant a plantation of 300 trees, take palm trees and a large amount of gold. So Salman was despondent and disheartened. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam encourages every Muslim, everyone to participate and bring uh, small, small uh, seedlings and trees, little trees for Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to plant and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the community work their way for his liberation. So same year, SubhanAllah, through this now, he goes to tell his community about Janabi Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that this is Allah's Nabi, Hazrat Isa alayhi salam, cured the sick with the help of Allah. Janabi Rasulullah would cure the sick with the help of Allah Ta'ala. And actually, Nabi came with miracles that every Nabi of Allah came with. Everything Anbiya alayhi salam did, Muhammad did. And subhanAllah, certain things Allah allowed certain Anbiya to do, Allah made those miracles and those karamat. Those karamat happened through the Sahaba Kiram, radiallahu anhum. That's why I studied the lives of Sahaba of Hazrat Marana Yusuf, rahmatullahi. Especially in the last volume, you'll see these amazing, miraculous happenings. Interestingly, the miracle performed by a Nabi of Allah in his childhood in Deen is called Irhas. Like Nabi Sallallahu amazing happenings in his childhood, like the protection of Kaaba against Abraha, just before Nabi Sallallahu was born. And so many events that happened in the childhood of the Nabi, that is Irhas. And after the prophethood of that Nabi, it is Mu'jiza. And if it's performed by a Wali of Allah, and first, first the Sahaba and then the Awliya, it is called Karamat. Like in the case of Sahaba, like Ibrahim السلام, was casted in the fire. There was a Tabi'i of this Ummah who was thrown in the fire and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved him.
Abu Muslim Khawlani, rahmatullahi. So amazing is the fact that Hazrat Talq would pay attention to Nabi Sallallahu words to take it back to his people. Alhamdulillah. He would listen to the Quran, he would pay attention, and he, he would learn the surahs of the Quran Kareem. Among the first surahs he learned was Surah Al-Dukhan. The first person to read Surah Al-Dukhan in Yamama was Hazrat Talq he used to attend Rasulullah's gatherings. So he was eager to read the Quran in his lands. Like the first Sahabi to read the Quran Kareem in Makkah was Hazrat Abdullah bin Mas'ud. He read Surah Al Rahman. He has a talq goes to your mama and read Surah Al Dukhan to show people the beauty of Islam and the beauty of the Quran Kareem. And he would attentively listen and learn the ahadith of Rasulullah. It's reported that Talq bin Ali, this is in Musnad al Imam Ahmad, that said, Allah does not look at the prayer of a servant who does not straighten his back in the posture between ruku' and sajda. What that means is we generally go into ruku' and we come back from ruku' and quickly go into sajda. But in that posture where we return from ruku' and we are standing, the standing posture. That is a very important posture in our salah as well. There's so many prophetic du'as to read in that posture. Subhanallah. So in that posture, we should halt and read those sunnah, masnoon du'as, and then go into sajda. Yeah, the hadith is clear that Allah dis dislikes such a salah. That a person should rush and do it haphazardly. In other hadith, it's referred to as stealing from the salah. This is shaitan stealing. Actually, in our salah, when we raise our hands for takbir, Allahu Akbar, our palm should be facing the qibla. And we should understand that this is our time to communicate with our Allah. And we should be in this communion with calmness and pleasure and enjoyment. That's why we should learn the meanings of the surahs. And we should enjoy our salah. Allah and talk to our Allah and now straightening our back in that posture there's so many masnoon duas Hazrat Malana Fadlur Rahman Sahib Hafizahullah so beautifully explains these duas everywhere he goes to teach the ummah this amazing practice let's learn these duas Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was in Salah and the Sahabi read ربنا لك الحمد حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا في ملء السماوات وملء الأرض وملء ما بينهما وملء ما شئت من شيء بعده نبي صلى الله عليه وسلم looked back and he after salah and he said who read this because I saw thirty ملائكة rushing to write it down first and there's other duas as well وملء ما شئت من شيء بعده أهل الثناء والمجد such glorious meanings and there's more to us also in that posture and then we go into sajda so this is the teachings this posture and how this posture is the teachings of Hazrat Rasulullah brought to us by none other than Hazrat Talq and subhanallah, talq has such a beautiful meaning. It actually means to smile. Because in one hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, لا تحقرن من المعروف شيئا Don't ever undermine or underestimate any good deed you may do. ولو أن تلقى أخاك بوجه طلق and in طليق Even if you have to meet your brother with a smiling face. So a brother meets another brother. 
and a sister meets another sister, but meet with a smile. This is a sunnah. Actually, when making salam also, we should smile, not with a frowning, uh, cruel face, but we should be approachable to humanity. And this is the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi I'm not saying, brothers, I'm not saying you must smile with the ladies now, no. Then you must smile with your children at home and your wife and your family. But, and f smile with humanity, but be careful of fitna. The men greet the men, the women greet the women, and give the da'wah. Many beautiful hadith as it reports. One is that of the rights of the husband. That when the husband calls his wife, his wife should comply and come, and so forth and so forth. That's also a lesson of life, respected Ummah. Allah, who knows the need of a man, teaches the woman folk that if the man calls for his need, she should comply because he has that need at that time and Allah who knows the needs of the men and the needs of the woman subhanallah Allah teaches each to fulfill the rights of each other even narrates a hadith concerning alcohol and he narrates uh, the harms and the prohibition of alcohol and one would be deprived of that in on judgment day and in Jannah if one devours it in this world and he also narrates the hadith about true dawn Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa describing the appearance of true dawn لَيْسَ الْفَجْرُ الْمُسْتَطِيلِ فِي الْأُفُقِ وَلَكِنَّهُ الْمُعْتَرِضِ الْأَحْمَرِ when dawn comes in the false dawn how does it look? it's elongated and the true dawn is more vast and broad subhanallah another beautiful report in Musnadul Imam Ahmad who says that Houda narrates from his father Qais, from his father Talq. Subhanallah. Haddathani Houda ibn Qais ibn Talqin an abihi an jaddi. So we learn that Hazrat Talq is narrating hadith to his children, and his children are narrating hadith to their children. How beautiful. There's another hadith narrated by the daughter of Hazrat Talq, Khalda radiallahu anha. Subhanallah, how Sahaba would teach Deen, teach Quran, and teach Sunnah to their children. And this is the environment we should create in the home. We find this common amongst the Sahaba Kiram, radiallahu anhum. Let us also establish a halaqa of ta'aleem and encourage our children to memorize the hadith of Rasulullah, even if we have to help them to do so by writing a hadith on the fridge. You know, encouraging our children, leaving it there for a few days and then keeping it respectfully and placing another hadith and so forth and so forth. This is part of a great tarbiyah uh, that is the duty of parents. Alhamdulillah. Look at this hadith he narrates. He says, The beloved of Allah وسلم, would make salam after salah an yaminihi wa an yasari to the right and to the left. And his salam was so. Nabi Sallallahu Mubarak cheek, the brightness of his cheek would be seen by the person behind him when he turned to the right and he turned to the left. There's few reports like this narrated by Hazrat Talq. What we learn from here is to make the full salam. When we complete our salah, not to turn our heads slightly, but to turn our head to the right completely. Because we're actually greeting the angel on the right and all the people on the right. And then the angel on the left and all the people on the left. And the imam, depending on which 
which side he is, all of them are in our intentions. But to turn our head fully is part of the sunnah. That is spiritually beneficial and it is physically beneficial for the neck as well. Let's bring alive this beautiful sunnah. There's another very interesting hadith where Hazrat Talq Hazrat son also narrates that. Qais is his name. So anyway, he says that we came to Rasulullah being a delegation from his people and we took the bay'ah, we embraced Islam. Now Hazrat Talq was a priest in his church and so forth. But we asked Nabi about that and Allah's Nabi told us to establish a masjid there. And we asked him, we asked him for this gift, give us some of his tahur, the water that he used for wudu. And he asked for that water. He made wudu. He placed his Mubarak saliva in there. And then he poured it into a container. And he said, take this water. But we said to him that when we're going to take this water, our lands have scorching heat. Nabi said, then you can add water to it. It will only remain beautiful and increase and enhance in beauty. And Nabi guided us what to do when we get there, how to establish the masjid, and so forth, and so forth. Talq uh, narrates this report, how they went there, how they established the masjid. We called out the Adhan. He says there was a rabbi or a, or, 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 or a, a priest in that area. And when he heard the Adhan, he said that this is a call to truth, da'wah to haqqin, a true call. But then he disappeared and we didn't find him after that. So we find that Hazrat Talq was also the first Sahabi to call out the Adhan in the lands of Yamama. Alhamdulillah. There's an interesting report where his son Qais says that my father visited us in the month of Ramadan. And he was spending the night with us. We made iftar together, then our salah. And then he performed taraweeh with us. And after the taraweeh, we performed witr together. Then he went to his masjid and led salah with his companions. And then that carried on for a while until the time of witr. And then he put forth another man and said, you lead the witr for them. Because I heard Rasulullah sallallahu say, you cannot perform two witrs in one night. La witrani fi layla. Subhanallah. So from here we learn so many lessons. Has a talq visiting his family, his son's family, spending time with them in the month of Ramadan, leading them in prayer. And not sufficing to that, he reads taraweeh for them. And then he goes to read tahajjud for others as well. And then, subhanallah, practicing the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu that he completed his witr earlier, he does not read the witr again. Look at the eagerness sahaba have for Allah's deen, to please Allah, to make Allah happy, to seize the opportunities. Ramadan is coming. Let us aspire to become better. Let us start changing our lives. And let us make lots of dua for Gaza, for Palestine. There's so many hadith where Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa mentioned Gaza and Asqalan and the holy lands of, uh, of Aqsa. In many Sahih hadith, Nabi sallallahu mentioned the people of those lands will be such. That Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned the people of his ummah. لَا يَضُرُّهُمْ مَنْ خَذَلَهُمْ وَلَا مَنْ خَالَفَهُمْ Whoever betrays them or opposes them will never be able to harm them. And then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said, this will carry on till judgment day. Sahaba asked, who are they? Nabi sallallahu alayhi said, they are in Baytul Maqdis and the surrounding areas. In another report, the beloved of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa made dua 
for the graveyard three times. Hazrat Aisha asked, which grave, graveyard are you making dua for? Is this Baqi'ah? Nabi Wasallam said, this is Asqalan. And look at it exactly as Rasulullah Wasallam said. Today that is happening there. But Allah is helping the people. But it's so sad. So many civilians are losing their lives. Allah make it easy for them. Allah help us continue to make the qunut, to change our lives, to stay away from sin, to contribute whatever we can and more for them and continue with boycotting the goods of those who fund such genocide. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us and through this we should motivate our children also to have this fikr and have this concern. Allah give us tawfiq wa sallallahu ala nabiyyil ummiyyil.